Have you ever heard the statement that you can't see the forest for the trees? <laughs> Today, I'm going to talk about uh, something that is actually a huge source of encouragement to us as Christians in the face of our inadequacies. And when I when I say it, you're going to go, well, duh, well, of course. But I think sometimes we are guilty of not seeing the forest for the trees to the neglect of this very important tool of encouragement that God has given us. So stay tuned today as we talk about number nine, the number nine comforting response that God has to your imperfections. And I hope that it will set your heart on fire to take full advantage of this very wonderful tool. Welcome to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I am your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and I just want you to know this is my fourth, yes, count them, one, two, three, four, fourth attempt to record this episode. And I just have to say, I believe that the devil is just mad because he does not want people to know or be reminded about what I'm going to talk about today. But you know what? Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We are more than conquerors. And so here we go. Welcome to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. We have been talking about God's 10 comforting responses to our imperfections. And I just want to remind you that imperfect people is all God has to work with. There is nobody, there may be somebody you know who may be seeming to do, be doing the Christian life better than you are, but all of us are imperfect and all of us are in need of these incredible responses that our great God makes to us in the face of our imperfections. One of these days, we will not be struggling with imperfection anymore. When we see him face to face, there'll be no more struggle. There'll be no more shortcomings. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more struggle. But until then, we are going to take full advantage of what God has offered us. And today we want to talk about one of my favorite things that God has offered us, and that is his word. Yes, the scriptures. But before I do, I want to back up and do a little bit of, in, of review using the illustration of a car. You know, the Christian life, living the Christian life successfully is like driving a car. The first week we talked about the fact that God loves us unconditionally. Nothing can separate us from his love. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love to us. And so we can see the love of God like the seat of a car. Oh, not just any old seat, but a comfortable, soft leather covered seat with the heat coils. <laughs> that will warm your backside in the winter time. It is a comforting love because it's where our security is, my friend. What a beautiful, beautiful response that God has in the face of our imperfections. But God's love also is like a gas pedal on the car because God has offered us his Holy Spirit, just as the gas pedal is what brings the fuel into that car and enables it to go. So the Holy Spirit of God 
is infused into the heart of every Christian. Every person, the moment he or she receives Christ, receives his Holy Spirit. And we have power to do things that we otherwise would not be able to do. It gives us power to forgive those who have hurt us. It gives us power to say no to temptation. It gives us power to live this Christian life in victory, to fulfill our purpose. It won't be easy, but we have victory because of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful response that God makes in the face of our imperfections. He knew that we were going to need him living inside of us, doing the work through us. We also have learned so far that God has graced us and blessed us with the family of God. My friends, don't you know that God never intended for you to live the Christian life all by yourself? What a lonely existence and what a um, less than ideal uh, existence. God has given you the family of God. Every other person on this planet who has received Jesus is your brother or sister in Christ. And God wants to place many of those people in your local life, in your community. God wants you to find a group of family members, spiritual family members that you can meet with and do life with and be encouraged by and also encouraged to serve alongside God has offered you that beautiful gift in the face of your imperfections. And I'd like to liken the family of God as a gear shift in your car. You know, sometimes you need to go back. Sometimes a, a, a friend, a family member can tell you, look, I think you kind of need to, you need to chill. You kind of need to put it in neutral. I think you're kind of going too far. You're going to, you need to kind of hold still for a while. You need to wait on God. Sometimes you have a friend, a Christian friend who will say, I think it's time for you to move forward. It's, it's all clear now. I see that you're afraid, but you, God's word says that you can move forward in this particular area of your life. Sometimes you need somebody with God's perspective to come alongside you and help you. Sometimes you have a friend who will say, okay, you need to kind of back up off of that. You're, you're a little too, you're a little too angry about that right now to kind of, you know, do any, do what you need to do. I mean, the analogy just goes on and on and on and on, but God has offered us in the face of our imperfections, just the company of other people who love him and who have the same spirit. And we work together and we accomplish so much more with other people than we can accomplish by ourselves. God has also offered you mercy and compassion. Oh, my friends, God's mercy and compassion are like the airbag airbags in your car. What do airbags do? Airbags absorb the impact. Sometimes we are rushing headlong in foolish decisions. Sometimes we're rushing headlong in our addictions. Sometimes we're rushing headlong in our um, uh, poor choices and whatnot. And God does not allow our foolishness to consume us. Sometimes he exercises compassion and mercy when all we deserve is judgment. Aren't you so very glad for the absorption of the mercy and compassion of God? If you've not listened to that episode, I'd encourage you to go and listen to, I think it was episode eight. Also, God has offered us in the face of our imperfections. He has offered us prayer. I um, liken that to a car horn. You know, when you're driving along in the car, especially on the expressway, you can't you can't talk to the person that's ahead of you. But sometimes you need to communicate with them. Right. 
sometimes you need to honk that horn and say, Hey, you're, you're veering into my lane or, or you've pulled in front of me, or I'm about to, I'm about to, <laughs> about to hit you. Please get out of my way. Prayer is our awesome privilege. God knew that we were going to need to be in constant contact with him. And so he has offered us the beautiful um, privilege of prayer. God has also offered us security. Oh, my friends, a seatbelt in the car will offer you security. It'll keep you in the car when you're when you when you run into something. It'll keep you from going straight through the 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 windshield. God has says that he will never leave us or forsake us. We never have to worry about being disowned by him when we are in the family of God. He has said that no one can snatch us out of his hand. We have eternal security. That what a beautiful thing God has offered us in the face of our imperfections. Because, you know, sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, if I was God, I would disown myself. I would kick myself out of the family. But God has said, no, you are secure. You are secure in the family. You have become my child. You are forever going to be my child. I may have to I may have to do some things to kind of straighten you out, but I'm never going to kick you out of the family. What a beautiful response God has made to us. We also. Um, talked about the fact that God responds to our imperfections with discipline. And so, you know, sometimes we, we, it's like, we can't stop ourselves. We're just, we're just our own worst enemy. And um, God steps in like brakes, you know, the brakes stop you before you run into something, your brakes stop you when it's time so the other traffic can, can, can go the opposite, go, go across in the intersection, the brakes stop you just like discipline does sometimes. And I talked about that in the episode where I talked about the discipline of God. At first, it's not comfortable, but it can be comforting ultimately because it gets us where it gets us on the right track. It steps in and stops us and saves us from ourselves. What a beautiful thing discipline is. Like I said, it's not comfortable at first, but if we, but, but if we allow ourselves to be trained by it, it will um, it will benefit benefit us greatly, and then also we talked about the fact that God offers forgiveness when we come to Him in repentance and 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 in humility. He forgives us just like the windshield wipers on a car. Sometimes you know we get bugs, we get bird poop, we get dust, we get pollution, we get all kinds of things. Sometimes just just heavy torrential rains. On our windshield, but the but the windshield wipers will wipe that away, right? It's like it wipes the slate clean. God's forgiveness cleanses us. It gets us back in right relationship with him. We can never lose our salvation, but our fellowship and, and the intimacy of our relationship can be lost. But God offers the beautiful option of repentance so that we can receive forgiveness and have the restoration of fellowship and intimacy with him. And so today we're going to talk about the headlights. What do headlights do? They offer us light. Um, Scripture even talks about in Psalm 119 um, verse 105, it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A light shows you where to go. It helps you to see through the darkness. When you need to know something, you turn on the light and then you can see where you need to go and what you need to do. And God's word is a light to us. 
I want to look today at one of um, my favorite passages. But before I do, I want you to I want to also encourage you to jot down a second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. Another passage that talks about all of the benefits of God's word. Uh, when I was dating uh, Keith, I was in college and he was in he was in the city. Um, he would he was never a letter writer, but he would send the, the most wonderful cards. Oh, my goodness. He just had a way of picking out the, the, the cards that had the absolute perfect words. And one day somebody was watching me um, uh, at college. I had to go down into the basement of the building where the where the mail um, box was. And so I would reach in there and oh, my heart would just leap whenever I saw that he had sent me a card. I absolutely loved it. And I could hardly wait to get back upstairs just to find a seat to open. I'd be ripping it open. And somebody said they watched me one day and they said, I practically just flew up the stairs. I practically floated up the stairs. I was so excited that I had gotten a card from him. And then I sat down. They said they saw me just rip open the the, the card and I was just read. I was just drinking in every word. And I was grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> And then they talked about how my leg was just, just kind of, you know, I had my leg crossed, but my top foot was just, just going back and forth. Just, I was just, just so very happy. So very happy. Would that we were the same way about the word of God. God's word is like a love letter to us because in it, he gives us everything that we need. He tells us who we are in Christ. He tells us how our sins can be forgiven. He tells us how to get wisdom. He tells us how to handle money. He tells us how to do family life. He gives us instruction. He does so many beautiful things. We would be left to figure everything else. Excuse me. We would be left to figure out everything on our own if it were not for the word of God. You know, some people say, well, you know, the scriptures, they can't really be trusted. How do we know? How do we know that, you know, that's written by man and all of that. But, you know, scripture tells us in Peter that no scripture is of any, in, in any person's interp- interpretation, but that the spirit of God moved these men along. Friend, if God can create a baby through the union of a sperm and an egg, if God can create the universe by speaking it, If God can create the micro world and the macro world, if he can do all of those things, if he can keep this planet spinning for all of these centuries, surely he can compose through human beings, through imperfect human beings. Surely he can compose his perfect word and keep it uncorrupted and keep it preserved throughout the centuries. Nothing is too hard for God. And all you got to do is read what it says about itself, my friend. So let's look at Psalm 19 verses seven and eight. And I want you to know that um, this particular passage um, has different words for, for the word of God, different names for the word of God. It's called the law. It's called the testimony. It's called the precepts. It is called the commandment. But every time you I read one of those words, know that it's talking about the Holy Scriptures, about God's word. So in verse seven of chapter 19 of Psalm of Psalms, it says the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Friends, God's word is all about restoration. The story 
The whole overarching theme of the entire Bible from the Older Testament to the New Testament is the story of restoration. God knew that we were going to need a savior. He knew we were going to need to be restored. And so he wrote this book so that we would know when the Messiah came, we would recognize him. He let us know that there is no point in trying to work our way to God because baby, none of us is that good. You can't, you can't stack up enough good deeds because God cannot ignore the bad deeds. Even if you do more good than bad, God cannot ignore the bad that you've done because God's standard is that you must come 100% holy. And like I said, ain't nobody that good. But the good news is that we can have restoration through Jesus Christ. And he has let us know that through his word. Man has forever been trying to make his way to God through good works, through religious things like baptism and communion and confession and those kinds of things, through building altars, through making sacrifice, through all of those things. And God says, no, 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 none of that is going to work. You must come through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And people say, oh, that is so very narrow. Yes, it is. One way is very narrow, but aren't you glad to know what that one way is? How tragic would it be if God gave us a thousand ways to get to God and there'd be a million ways not to get to him? You wouldn't know which was which. But in his great mercy and in his great wisdom, he has said that there is one way and that is through Jesus Christ. God desire, God's desire is that we be restored, but not only restored by way of salvation uh, in, in respects to where we will spend eternity, but also God knew that we will be need to be restored from our guilt. We need to be restored from our past. We need to be restored from shame. We need to be restored from, from insecurity. We would need to be restored from, from devastation and brokenness. We need restoration in every area of our lives. And God in his great love and his great mercy has responded to our imperfections by offering restoration through his perfect word. And then let's continue in the same verse. It says the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Have you ever met a person, you know that they're lying because their lips are moving. I know people like that. They could not tell the truth to save their ever loving life. But God's testimony, anytime God says something, we can trust it. It is sure you can stand on it. It is a firm foundation. God doesn't have any ulterior motives, but to love us. He doesn't need anything from us. So he has offered us this testimony that we can be sure about. And what, what does that testimony do? It makes wise the simple. When it says that's, that we're simple, it means that we don't know. Think about a young person. Think about a girl who's 12 years old and she, she doesn't know things that she needs. Think about a baby. It's a person who simply does not know. They're like um, a blank slate that needs to be, <laughs> to be filled. There's information that they do not have that they need. God knew and knows that we are simple, that we are in need of instruction. We are sheep who need a shepherd. We need guidance and we need to know how to handle this life. And so his testimony, the things that God has said can be trusted. He makes wise the simple. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask who? 
the newspaper, the horoscope? No. Your best friend? No. The word of God, my friends. And so you are wise to open this word and to get in there and find what God says about money, about relationships, about, about spouses, about raising children, about every single thing. And now let's move on to verse eight. It says, the precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. Isn't it a beautiful thing that God wants you and I to have joy? Yes, he does. And so God has made a way for us to have joy. He shows us how to have joy. You know, sometimes we try all different kinds of things that God has said will not bring us joy. That will bring us turmoil. And we try those first. But God has said in so many places in his word how to have joy. I'm thinking of one verse uh, in John chapter 13, verse 17. Jesus in this passage has washed the disciples' feet and he has said to them, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. In other words, God wants people to be happy and he knows that a self-serving life is not gonna bring you happiness. If it's all about you, you, you all the time. No, he says, serve one another. So he wants you to be happy. So listen, if you wanna have joy, do what God says. And if you don't know what God says, open his word and find out. And he will disclose that to you and you will know and you can have joy. And then the second part of verse eight, it says the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. That term enlightening the eyes has the idea of 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 understanding. Have you ever kind of been trying to figure something out? and It's like a light bulb goes off. You go, oh, okay. God's word opens our eyes and gives us understanding. Listen, the natural way of looking at the world is not the accurate way of looking at the world. Um, the world thinks that the way to get ahead is to step all over everybody else. But God's word says the way to get ahead is to serve other people. He says, in order, if you want to be first, then you must be a servant of all. The way up is the way down. Friend, God offers us wisdom. He offers us understanding so that we know how to navigate this thing called life. Have you ever had somebody who knew something that would save you a lot of trouble, but out of spite, they wouldn't tell you? They just wanted you to stumble and fall. I remember a young woman, uh, I'm sorry, an older woman, when I was a young woman, an older woman who had, who had come to know Christ later in life, she said that before she came to know Jesus, she used to kind of be very, um, what's the word, mean to younger women. She, she said that there were things that she would know and she would see them making a mistake and she wouldn't tell them because she said, look, I had to figure it out. They need to figure it out just like I did. And she says, but no, now that I know Jesus, he has changed my heart. He has given me a love for younger women. And I want to save them the trouble of having to go through what I went through because I was ignorant. And so now I want people to know. I want people to know things that will help them. I want to encourage them along the way and save them so much trouble. Friends, the word of God, when it gets inside of you, it's going to change you. This is a powerful book because it is breathed from the very mouth of God. And it is something that combined with the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's like dynamite. Friend, the whole direction of your life is going to be 
changed and captivated and used in a mighty way by way of the word of God. So God's number nine, <laughs> and that's not by any way of ranking. It's just in, in, in the order that I, I'm presenting it. But if you um, will open God's word and read it, it will give you guidance. It will give you restoration. It will give you wisdom. It will give you instruction. It will give you the things that you need in order to live this life to the fullest. If you don't have a time that you set aside every day to read God's word, I'd encourage you to do that. I know you're busy. I know you're tired. I know you're working. I know you're doing all those things. But friend, you cannot afford to, to neglect this book. If you want to live life to the fullest, you must get into God's word. You must make um, time in the word a priority. And then also, I finally, I just want to say that the Bible is a big book. And there's a lot of things that are in there that are hard to understand. But that's one of the reasons why God created a family for you. You cannot just read God's word all by yourself and get everything that you need. No, you need to be in a community of people who are also reading God's word, a small group of Bible studies, something. It's not enough just to go to church on Sunday morning and hear from the pulpit. That is a different form of teaching and there is great value in that. But there is more to be had in a small group because God has gifted people to be able to know how to um, to break it down, to make it plain and simple and also gives you opportunity to ask questions. So friends, take full advantage of all that God has offered you. Don't just take a plate of food and only eat the meat. Friend, eat the potatoes, eat the side dishes, eat the bread, eat the dessert, eat the whole thing. God has done so very much to provide for you to have joy and to have fulfillment in this life. Take full advantage of it. And today together, let's rejoice that in the face of our imperfections, God knew that we would need his word and he provided it to us through the Holy Scriptures. If this message has been an encouragement to you, I hope that you will pass it on to somebody else. I hope that you will just take the time to send it some to somebody and say, hey, I thought this might encourage you. Don't be selfish, my friend. Share the good news. Share this encouraging word with people that you know and people that you love. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the gift of your precious word. Forgive us for neglecting it. God, give us a hunger for it. Speak to our hearts, Lord, and let it guide us. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus, and we thank you. Amen.